You're listening to the Periodic Table of Awesome podcast, bringing you the best of geek from week to week. Join your hosts, Dion and Quinny, and the occasional special guest as they talk movies, TV, gaming, toys, comics, and everything in between. Hercule Poirot, I've found something. I've looked at it from every which way. I am the smartest person I ever met, and I can't figure it out, so I came to the second. You are up to something, my friend. I've seen a million of these so-called psychics, each one a fake. I do not believe in psychics. Come with me to a seance. Spot the con I can't. Detective, you are here to discredit me, but I can talk to the dead. I'd give all I have to hear my daughter's voice. If someone wants to be heard, we are here. Listening. Uh, yes, that is right. Bonjour and welcome <laughs> to the periodic table of crime solving. Today I will be your guide, Eric Dion Poirot, <laughs> and welcome to this motley crew of people who have now gone into almost the board ads. But hello, and yes. <laughs> welcome to the very table of awesome. That, that slid, that really like, did. It, was a, it, it was a smooth it slide into Borat, but it, it happened. No, no, yeah, it was, it was, was the kind of slide that you get when you're going down a big hill and you hit a, a, a patch of shit. Kind of, <laughs> I hit a bit of black ice and did a Stephen Bradbury while my Borat <laughs> came out. Yakshima is very nice. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I did warn oh. everybody in the, in the chat that uh, it would be 100% shit accents tonight. It's 100 um, shit accents across the board. I the did board. not get the memo about <laughs> the shit accents. That's okay. <laughs> Neither did we. We're just making it up. Yes, I'm sitting around thinking about <laughs> all those times me. with my own we. <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> Can't if I were to that. sound like Arnold Schwarzenegger, then yeah. I sound like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Wait, I'm very do upset. Arnie doing a French accent though? <laughs> 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 what is the matter? Are <laughs> you pushing too many pencils? <laughs> pencils, pencils. How do you say pencil? <laughs> is Arnold Schwarzenegger Austrian French? <laughs> I don't know. Belgian. He's he's pencils. he's he's the Austrian French. He's Belgian. He, he, he is the perfect person to play Hercule Poirot. Hello, hello. Uh, yes, it's Mose Hello, hello. Hello, I am Hercule Poirot, and I think it was done by the butler over by the fuller Madonna with the big boobies. <laughs> <laughs> I was pissing by your wandu, and I thought that I would join in this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. Uh, anyway, yeah. now that we've all joined in, how you doing there, Pete? Just sitting in the back, <laughs> <laughs> watching the craziness. You've just joined in this going, oh, God, what have, what have I done? Nobody I mean, mentioned that we were doing a, It's such a solid start, now, particularly for the podcast <laughs> listeners who have no idea what's happening when you're just swearing at the chat. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just yelling really... abuse at the chat. Yeah, Just... sorry, Adsky. Uh, Adsky said that I sounded entirely like Arnold Schwarzenegger, and yeah. I took great umbrage at that. Your bridge has 100% been ummed. Dollars. You were so ummed. Uh, <laughs> yes, my bridge was ummed. Um, Pete, I'm I'm a little disappointed that as yet we haven't heard your shit accent. It's um, because I'm physically unable to do accents. If I try to do an accent, I just immediately forget how to speak. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> 
Pete, I think you've got a little certain... I can't even do my own accent properly. You've, you've Can you a... expect me to do other accents? There's a certain je ne sais quoi, or as the French say, je ne sais quoi, that you will have <laughs> if you just try and pull out. You've been to France. You know what yes. people are like. Oh, I've been to France, so obviously that means that my tongue can make the accent. Sure. <laughs> okay, can you say any French words? Not well. <laughs> I can say French words in a bad Australian accent, which is why when I go to France and I try to speak French to people, they immediately speak to me in English like I've offended yes. their ears. Yeah, it's just because oh, you yeah. turn up and you go, bonjour, comment tellez vous. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to go avec vous uh, and get un yes. croissant. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, yes, okay, that's great. Yeah. Well, as, as the chat says... It is meant to be a shit accent, so you're allowed to attempt it at any given time. Well, this podcast what is going to... what the gonna, fuck are we talking yeah, about? Gonna, <laughs> this, this podcast is now haunting my dreams, so isn't it nice that we're doing a haunting in Venice? That's right. Another Ecuparo mystery given to us by Kenneth Brunner. Brunner. Kenneth Kenneth Baragana. <laughs> Kenneth Baragano. Am I pregnant? <laughs> no. Is it Baragano or Braganano? <laughs> yes. By, by Kenneth Bragan. Kenneth Bragana. <laughs> So this Bragana. is the third in in the Kenneth Branagh trilogy yes. of uh, Agatha Christie films. Oh, um, yeah. No. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm stopping. I'm stopping. Um, uh, so initially we started off with a murder on the Orient Express, um, and oui. then a, 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 a murder in 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 somewhere else, and then another death on the Nile. We can't we can't talk about that one because that had actual cannibal. Uh, oh, oh, no, not I'm so sad that I'm so sad that Army got cancelled. Yeah. <clears throat> really? Yeah. Because <laughs> he is a little bit of cannibalism. Okay. <laughs> he was just joking about it. No, it's not really the cannibalism. It's more the coercive control, Jill. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the, the cannibalism wasn't why he got. Uh, yeah, probably. Well, probably. Yeah. Uh, and yes. this and this one, Halloween party. Yes, <laughs> that is actually very interesting because that is the original title. Yeah, or it's of the book. Halloween party. In. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, which I we have now all seen on Disney Plus, um, even though it's still in cinemas somewhere around the place. Um, seemed to be a fairly quick turnaround from cinemas to the old Disney Plus. Yeah. Well, is um, it is it is it even really important anymore? Was this requiring of a big screen? Yeah, because I think I might have oh. actually thrown up if I'd seen this on a big screen, <laughs> or I would have just oh been goodness. like, "This roller coaster of a film is getting me <laughs> all around the shop. I don't know where I'm going." Um. Uh, okay, Elska Norga, I'd just like to uh, stop you there because we are definitely not as young as you might think we are. <laughs> offended or not offended by that. I, I do appreciate it, but it Take is it. not before our time. Elska so Norga has popped into the chat to apologise to me and Jill uh, yes. to explain that Allo Allo was a British comedy set in France during the Nazi occupation that came out before we were born. Um, 
And I'm not sure how I feel about um, somebody assuming that I don't know what LOLO is um, or somebody very incorrectly assuming my age. <laughs> well, come on. To be fair, Peter and Jill, uh, like Quinny and I both lived through the Nazi occupation. occupation. Of Paris. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and knew all of those people that the characters were based on. Like that. Was, yes. In know. fact, René was based on me. Uh, um, I, no, that's not true. Not, not a I claim to fame that, that is good. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's um, sweet. So who's oh, okay. seen the other quarrel? Peter, Peter, sorry oh, just yes. to interrupt again. It did yeah. come out two years before we were born. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll give I'll give Elskinoga that one. That's that's fine. Um, but, but, uh, but, but you must understand that um, we repeat. grew up in the 90s where free-to-wear television was 100% repeats in Australia. So mm. To be fair, when yes. I had my shit moustache from like, previous for Halloween and I mentioned Magnum PI there was dead silence in the office I was in and I'm like there's got anyone anyone here know who Magnum PI is and they're all like no old man sit down (laughs) you know before you hurt your hip yeah they they were kind of like I can't afford a house and I'm like jokes on you I can't afford one either Um, yes. Okay, anyway. Fun time. Right. What were you um, saying, Pete? I was asking who has seen the other uh, Kenneth Brenner Poirot films. I have Me. watched The Murder on the Art Express, but I started watching Death on a Nile on the Nile and just went and never came back to it. <laughs> yeah, and it's a bit that one was a bit like that, I have to admit. The Death on the Nile, I was like, oh look, Setsville. It was mm. definitely the last of the films to really have like a stellar cast. And I don't know what was up with that. Mm. You, you, you they can were see kind the... of banking their whole shtick on it being a who's who in the cast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's it's been slightly diminishing returns for each one, really, hasn't it? Like the first one was a who's who. This one's a who's that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Or I think I've seen them before in something else. I'm going to give credit to Beck for that one. That's one of the harshest things she's ever said about a guest list of a convention that I've worked on. Right. Yeah, I feel I feel I take I take umbrage for Tina Fey on this one. Like, come on. (laughs) Okay, Tina Fey, great, but Michelle Yeoh fucking can do no wrong. Yeah. Yeah, that's about it. And you're coming mm. for Kenneth. Oh, Br- and Jamie Dornan, I guess. You're, yeah. you're coming for Kenneth Br- Brunocula. Um <laughs> You're not really, you're not here for the other people. You're there for the f- outrageous mm. moustache. Oh, you mm. though. <laughs> well, that's what it's sold as. I mean, I, I for one, uh, have not seen any of the Poirot films because uh, oh, I didn't want to. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair I enough. also didn't want to see this one, uh, so I kind of didn't, um, just to put that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fair. Um, but we we made you do it because there was just some filmic language being used to communicate what the plot <laughs> is that we definitely needed you to see. And hopefully, Peter, you got to see enough of it that you could get what we were talking about. I, I did. I I I I didn't um, give it my full focus. Would it help um, if I did I, this? I, yeah. <laughs> And sorry, I, I, I need to talk to you much like this. <laughs> what? Oh, no, I'm not going to screen you in that joke. Yeah, merci. I am talking to you from a very strange angle. What about like this? Yes. Oh. Oh, either that or I need to have the camera attached to my chest as I yeah. turn around. Or like uh, just the, from over here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so many. I feel like fucking... I feel like I want to turn turn the background off and then just someone standing behind me for a half a second. <gasps> yes. Ah, look, the bathroom jump scare. Hooray! Filmic yeah. language. Uh, this felt like such a one hundred and one in how to make a horror film. It was very paint by numbers. Yeah. I felt this yeah. wasn't really a one. Maybe a one on one on how not to make a horror film. Oh, yeah, that's probably a better way to put it. Would you call it a yeah. Would you call it a one hundred and one course, or would you call it more of a community college course? Ooh. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is this is bridge to applied filmmaking. <laughs> yes. oh, dear. Does poor old Kenneth Branagh also direct these films? Yes. Yes. Oh dear. And the thing is, I think he's quite a competent director. Like you look at the first Thor, and he knew what he was doing in something that was elevated Shakespearean, you know, with a, a sort of classical bent and everything. But I don't think he's a horror director. Well, I, I feel like he knew what he was doing here. It just didn't work. Like, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I mean, everything is obviously a choice um, that has been very carefully made. I just, you know, you can make a whole bunch of careful creative choices and when it is as heavily stylized and in genre as this is um i think there's a number of reasons it doesn't work but before we discuss them do you want to tell us what it's about i i would love to i uh and and um we're not even going to uh ask the audience what they want the shit accent to be (laughs) of course it's going to be dutch no (laughs) no Um, i would i would pay good money to hear you do this in dutch <laughs> no, no, you wouldn't. In fact, you would be deeply, deeply disappointed. Uh, yes. So please. Okay. Uh, hit, hit us. I, do, do you have the music? There is some music playing. Some I've got some in the back. French music. It's a little. Is a little sad. Is a little slow. Uh, it's not very gentil. Hang on, I need to twirl my mustache. You've got to make it upside down and back the front mustache to go at the sad. Yes. After solving the murder on the Orient Express and uncovering the culprit of the death on the Nile, we find Hercule Poirot, now retired and living in imposed exile in the world's most glamorous city, with the world's most outrageous accent. Poirot and both his moustaches reluctantly attend an ill-advised seance at a decaying, haunted pizza parlor. No, sorry, palazzo. He soon gets thrust into a sinister world of shadows, secrets, and lies, where one of the guests is, how you say, uh, 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 murdered. <laughs> I love how you gave up on the accent there at the end. Because that's oh, yeah, how totally. I felt about That's how I felt about the film. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's, it. that's what I was going for. Murdered. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is what it is. Le du canard. <laughs> The death of the duck. Death of the duck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oui. Vous êtes vous à pommes frites. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. So here we are. So we like this film. <laughs> it's kind of funny because uh, we were just about to start the show, and I thought, oh fuck, I don't actually have an opinion on this movie. <laughs> Oh, it's I, I kind of do. I watched it. With this, with this world full I, of... It took me two goes to get through it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With this world full of sequels and... I did start watching it, and... but 
the wine hit me too hard and I'm like, I'm going to fall asleep. I'm like, shit, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I better give up now before the ending. And then I Before the big explanation of who done what. But then I watched it again and I still lost interest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It was what at the you... deduction. They got up to the deduction. He's like doing his whole spiel and I'm just like, Bleh, on the place. <laughs> <laughs> exposition, exposition, exposition. Sorry. <clears throat> Hmm. Dion, what were you saying? Did you like the world of this? No, no, it was just like in this in the world that we have in cinema these days where it's just like it has to be a sequel or a multiple of films and things are coming out or it's an established place that is already having everything, you know, pulling Poirot out of the ether and putting it back into the the world these days was kind of like, oh, that could be interesting. And, you know, given that we could have had all of this fabulous kind of historic like glamorized versions of things might have been interesting but it was you know apart from going oh wouldn't mind going to those places um none of it really made it interesting yeah it was like oh we're gonna set this one in venice but it's all gonna be in one house and it's gonna be mm, in yeah. the dark and yeah you're so not it could be fucking anything. anywhere i mean you know yeah. kudos to them getting some fucking spectacular shots of venice but i feel like that even though it was set in venice it still didn't show you enough of Venice like Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade showed you great places around hmm. Venice. This one was just like, it's set in Venice, in this building, during a storm. <laughs> At night. At night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and we're going to keep it all very, very tightly within about five rooms. Yes, um, we spent all of our location budget on this one uh, palazzo, oh, sorry, a rooftop terrace that has a pretty good view, and that's all we're using. The rest of it is inside. We're going to have a few shots outside of bobbing uh, boats um, and uh, a, a, a thing that looked like three wooden penises tied together that sure. breaks halfway through the movie, and I was like, what the fuck is that? It took me a while to realise it was a thing for tying boats up to, but yeah. I didn't. I mean, it was just so dark and wet and but yeah. not in a fun way it was like a- <laughs> i've got to say if i had been cast in a haunting in venice i would have been fucking stoked because i would have been like fuck yeah free trip to venice and then <laughs> had i found out that it was literally just three of the cast members that got to go to the exterior shots of venice i would have been like son of a bitch yeah <laughs> i thought i could go to venice and the funny thing is like it's the book, the book that it's based on is one called Halloween Party, like you brought up, Dion. And the ha- Halloween Party is set in a little British town of Woodley Common. Um, and, you know, it's very fucking safe Agatha Christie territory of small town um, murder. It, it was one of the ones that got turned into the uh, Poirot series back in the 90s or 80s or 90s with David, David Sushman's. Sachet, sorry, Sachet, one of them. Anyway, um, and I, I kind of looked it up because I thought, okay, if it's based on um, Agatha Christie, let's see who's had a had a shot at it before. And I read the the synopsis of the TV show, and I was like, oh, it's a bit bloody small town, isn't it? Tiny little town, and a girl co- says that she remembers witnessing a murder when she was a kid. And then by the end of the Halloween party, she's drowned in a in an apple bobbing bucket. 
Yeah. yeah. So when they go like so they loosely took a lot based, of liberties with that story. Yeah. Yeah. And and I was like, oh, okay, that sounds small town. And then I read about the book and I was like, oh, small town. So they've taken a lot of liberties with this and they've, you know, used character names here and there and mm. a whole bunch of, you know, I guess parts of it. But I hadn't realized how much like massive liberty was being taken with with the original stories. So I guess this is why people enjoy this, because I was thinking, if this is just a retelling of Agatha Christie's stories, have we not done these like a million times before? Mm. But yes. apparently not. Now, here's, but here's the, I think, problem with that. I don't like murder mysteries as a genre. Um, never have, not my thing. It's why I haven't watched any of these films. I mean, I think I feel like the closest I've ever like come to like enjoying like serious murder mystery is like Murder She Wrote, you know. Oh yeah, watching as a kid on, on TV in the nineties. Um, <laughs> what about Diagnosis Murder, Pete? <laughs> no. No, nothing, no, 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 just never, no, never. But been Jessica into it. Fletcher, you were there for <laughs> yes. the, the harbinger of death to tiny small towns everywhere. I, I always I just yeah. watching Jessica it at Nana and Pa's house, you know. I always used to think of <laughs> like Mur murders. Murder she wrote was just nope. the, the crucible for the eighties. So oh, yeah. it's just that witch hunt thing where she, it, she was just wa wandering around going, you did it, you murdered someone, arrest them, and then walks off to the next town and you did it, you murdered someone. And you know, it's just a trail of wrongly convicted people out the back. <laughs> but here's the thing with all genres, like, you know, and particularly murder mysteries, is they run by a formula. I actually personally don't understand how formulaic murder mystery TV series even exist without people just getting so sick of the formula that they like just can't have I mean even poker face I was like struggling by episode three like you know mm -hmm. adoring a lot of things about it but that that very kind of specific murder mystery formulaic approach do not like and and my first encounter with Agatha Christie was actually via you know a satirical take on it you know so my my first encounter with this kind of thing was um uh tom stoppard's a real inspector hound um and the fun thing that kind of happens in the evolution of a genre obviously is you know somebody eventually takes those formulas uh and turns them on their head and turns them into comedy uh points out exactly how ridiculously they are and everyone kind of has fun with that for a while and then eventually mm. somebody else really clever comes along and finds a way to kind of refresh the genre and and yeah. bring it back to something that's a little bit new and a little bit fresh what i kind of feel like has happened here um is the opposite of that where we've, <laughs> we've kind of gone let's up. just like lean into all the most ridiculous formulaic things um about this both plot wise character wise and and cinematic approach um but make it serious like what like was it a <laughs> because <laughs> also, also to be fun and 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 interesting, let's use the mocap camera on Kenneth. <laughs> <laughs> just strap it to his chest and set him down the stairs. <laughs> it just kind of felt to me like it leaned so heavily into um, the genre oh. um, that it, like I don't, I honestly. I, I don't get it. Is it a bit like it, it was bobbing? Like a is it felt like it was bobbing for apples, but kind of drowned? It felt like yeah. a parody, but not 
but, but wasn't a parody. Am I correct in saying it wasn't supposed to be a parody? Right? No, like no. this was a serious take on on murder mystery, and yet every single frame of it reads to my brain like a parody. And this is where it has failed for me. I mean, <laughs> did, it, did it not? I, I do want to call out Dion. I, I appreciated your bobbing for apples metaphor. Yeah, sure. It didn't get it didn't get the love right. that it deserved ten no, seconds no. ago. But it got but... it got the it got the, the the aggrieved look from the people that I know. <laughs> just kind of just went. Oh, so I'm, I'm, my work is done. I was going to say, like this thing on paper was actually quite well. You know, it would have been good. Which is uh, lots of creepy ch- kids. Um, potential hmm. ghosts, uh, some good actors that were in there and not a bad setting for, you know, this kind of stuff. And it just ended up like, you know, come on. It's like, oh, yeah, an old orphanage where all the kids died. I'm like, great. You know, that's fucking, you know, yeah. Thriller 101. Yeah. They did a better job of doing Five Nights at Freddy's than Five Nights, five at, nights Freddy's at Freddy's. Five Nights at Freddy's, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, you're still bitter about that one. That was Halloween. That's a whole week ago. Yeah, I'm still bitter about it because... I'm st- out of the two. I'm not sure which was the more par- more parody of a horror genre. Um, well, I'll... like neither of them was successful. Let me tell you, this one. I think you're right, Pete. Like I, I did struggle with it quite a bit. That like you, Jill. I, I had to take a few runs at it um, to get through it. And at one point, I realised I'd fallen asleep uh, during a bit, and oh, I was no. like, "Fuck, I'm gonna have to go back." <laughs> um, and I did, and I was like, "Oh." Yeah. Oh well, I didn't miss much, did I? You know, there's like the characters to me didn't feel as as interesting or deeply drawn as something like, for example, Knives Out. Mm. Like we've we've seen, you know, in recent years some really good murder mysteries, like some good twisty turny, you know, fun. Um, murder mysteries, and and then you get something like this that feels really paint by numbers. I mean, I still think Kenneth Branahan has as a better accent than Foghorn Leghorn from Knives Out. Like, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, See, the beautiful difference between the two is one is very obviously a parody, yeah. and the other is Knives mm, Out. Yeah. No, it's just <laughs> dumb. <laughs> just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. You're right there, Jill. It's like that is a parody which has a fun yeah. story behind it. This is a yeah, yeah. serious. It's, it's able to to look at the genre and and pull out all the stupidity of it, poke all the holes and all the fun at it and yep. have an amazing time and still construct a, an interesting story and give you a payoff at the end. But this, I was just like, I was bored the whole time. And then by the time the deduction came around at the end and the actual killer was revealed i'm like that's so boring See, the pro- i think the problem mm. is that agatha christie is built for people who want a tiny thrill that doesn't make them late for tea they, that you could have your thrill whilst having a cup of tea and a biscuit yes rather than like it's there to scare anyone like i don't think anyone's putting an agatha christie book down going oh my god i just need a minute <laughs> so know. the question is how are those people going to feel about the angles uh, oh. They 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 never liked the Dutch. Basically, is what they came <laughs> came out with. I think oh. there'll be a lot of people who would be like, "Oh, it was very artistic." Like if right. you if you're playing to the blue rinse crowd, which I think mm. uh, you know, if you're going for the the Agatha Christie crowd who love the Miss Marple murders and love 
Poirot with David Suchet in it, then they're probably going to be like, oh, this this was this was a bit out there. So, someone who's got um, a qualification in film, not me, please explain what we're talking about when we're talking about a Dutch tilt or a Dutch angle. Okay, someone, Peter, yeah, you're the, you're the filmmaker, perhaps the Emmy Peter. winner. I oh, yeah. oh, just, just get the camera low and tilt it. <laughs> just, get, just get it low and put it at a weird angle and you got yourself a Dutch tilt. Yes, um, but why? Yes. Because <laughs> the Dutch did it. That's her one. No, they didn't. <laughs> it was invented by the Germans. The Dutch oh. comes from the word Deutsch. Oh yes. yes, but what is it supposed I to? Con- what that. is it supposed to convey? Yes, well, uh, it's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable as yes. an audience member looking at being shot. Um, yes, which mm. is like well done in this. Like if that's <laughs> if that's the intention, except when it's done frame after frame after frame after frame after frame after. I mean, to be last... fair, they weren't all Dutch tilts. A lot of no, them were just extreme they... low angles and extreme high angles for no good reason. Oh, in a lot of fish way, eyes. way that didn't make yeah. sense. There were at least yeah. seven seven of those angles within the opening ten minutes that I was just like, "Yes, we get it. It's a creepy fucking place." Yeah, but like also really drab looking scenery, like yeah. dirty pigeons on stone all shot in grey and a seagull eating a pigeon. And I'm like, okay, I get that this is supposed to be a metaphor for whatever shit story you're trying to tell, but this is like so art school project. I haven't seen this many Dutch tilts since Battlefield Earth. Um, <laughs> and And... That's only going to make sense to the 10 people who have watched Battlefield Earth, <laughs> um, with infinite options for renewal. Yes. But it was, I've never seen a film that delighted so much in every single shot being on another angle and just going, why? What are you yeah. like? It's the, as you say, the intent is to make the audience feel like they're, they're off, off kilter. Like, and that you're looking at people who who the world is not straight and everything is on a funny angle to them. But if the whole fucking film does that, then nothing there's there's nothing to compare it to. I I got I got bored with looking, as you say, at somebody trying to do their film school shit. Yeah. <laughs> but look, here's like, yeah. I mean. That that is the thing. There are elements of this that do kind of feel like either, you know, a film student making a murder mystery, um, or like Saturday Night Live doing their take on a murder mystery. Um, <laughs> and it wasn't just like yes, there were too many Dutch tilts. There were some extreme angles. Um, but the things that bother me most are just the regular shit that's just not quite right. Um, mm. So you know, cutting. Um, from one mid shot to an identically sized mid shot from a different angle um, for, for no mm. good reason, creating a jump cut. Like, why? That's just not. That's not a deliberate, you know, artistic choice. That's just like a bit shit. Like, there's line. Like you crossing. didn't get enough there's, coverage. Yes, we didn't get the right coverage. You know, like, mm. yeah. Um, that I, you know, the bits that I didn't even like properly sit down and fully watch the film, but the bits that I saw, I saw like line crossing. There were lots of like cutaways to things that were making noise, but for no good reason. Like we didn't actually need to like see the item that was making the noise there, particularly at the end. Like there's a 
there's a shot, you know, of two characters talking, um, cutting between mid shots of the two characters, and then like uh, the boat starts, so you hear the engine start, and then you just get like this close up of just the canal water like bubbling up because the boat engine has started for no good reason. And then you cut back to one of their faces, like we didn't, we didn't need to cut to that unattractive shot of the canal water. Like hearing the oh. boat engine stuff would yeah, have you don't need told a, that story. You don't need a picture for every foley that's in a fucking yeah. And movie. and it, it wasn't actually the the um weird amount of odd angles that upset me. It was the kind of straight stuff that that was put together in a way that that doesn't make sense to somebody who knows how to make a film, which Kenneth Branagh obviously does. That's the, the shit that got to me. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It felt oddly ham-fisted, <laughs> and, and, which is bizarre considering the filmmaker. Like, I, and I, I was looking to see if I could see who the editor was because... I don't know whether there was a different editor on it or something like that, but but no director yeah. who's you know really knows their shit would have let something like this go out, unless, and I honestly do think it may be the thing that Branner is just not au fait with the language of horror. Yeah, I mean, uh, Karina in the chat has just made a really good point that she got the impression that some of the cuts were done as jump scares, and I do agree that some of them were definitely intended to be jump scares, but there was absolutely zero that was scary about this film yeah, yeah well i mean apart from the one where you know in the bathroom there's a drowned person right. behind you yeah the good old one so just pull that one out uh, everybody uh, knows there's going to be something in the mirror when you stand up i mean like, look so uh, i was waiting for uh, like something to come out of the sink when he stuck his head down there i was like oh yeah, yeah. now get in there in like, terms of in terms of cool shit that like i thought there were a couple of good deaths in it that i really did enjoy uh, okay. which i talk about deaths. them in spoilers yeah i'll explain more because it's just the people who yeah. die that you're like but they died in that way yeah. that i was like nice yeah there was <laughs> like, a cool know. one yeah, there's, there's one okay. good death that I could I could definitely put my my fingers to. Um, I sure. do think we were talking before about the the sort of diminishing returns of of Brenner's um, uh, Poirot films. You know, the first one, Murder on the Orient Express, was fucking star studded. Mm. This one, like I thought, Michelle Yeoh was great. Yeah, for what she was there for. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't know, like it didn't feel like it really had that that depth of characters. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't. Yeah, really a lot of the I... a lot of the cast seemed to be very secondary characters and not, you know, like a prime suspect kind of lineup of characters. So there wasn't really mm. a lot to play with. Everyone just kind of had like their small moment of being questioned, and then that was it. Their, yeah. their, their small exposition moment, which is mm. like the reason that I don't like murder mysteries, because the entire thing is just like this person does exposition, and then this person does exposition, and then this person does exposition, and then here's an obvious red herring, and then there's some <laughs> more exposition, and and then we're going to really lead you to believe that it's definitely this person, but at the very last minute we're going to be like, oh wait, it's actually this person. And reveal the thing that was in front of you all along, but it wasn't actually really obviously in front of you. And in mm. fact, you probably couldn't have possibly have worked it out because only somebody who was in that actual scene person could have seen it. That this is one of the things that I always get, you know, shirty about is that so often murder mysteries rely on the 
magical, um, you know, detection powers of the detective. But more often than not, what they are is them seeing things that we're not shown. Yeah, or, exactly. You know, things that that nobody could possibly put those things together. Yeah, I feel like the failure of a murder mystery is not allowing your audience to actually be in the shoes of your detective. So if you're not given the same allowances as the detective is to try and solve the mystery by the end of the film, then the film's really doing a disservice to you because it's just spoon-feeding you an entire story. It's not Mm. allowing you to be part of it and work it out, which I think is what the whole genre is about. Absolutely. And each of those interrogation scenes should be for you as the viewer or reader or whatever, your opportunity to, you know, kind of play detective and try and work out what is true, what is not, um, yeah. and and put together clues. Yeah. Unfortunately, but... I'm going to bring it back to a Knives Out comparison again, but the beautiful thing about that film is, like, you get everybody's story from their perspective and you're shown it as well as if you had been in that mm. moment with them. And then you can actually see, oh, wait, there's an inconsistency here and an inconsistency there because you're yeah. being allowed to solve the murder. Yeah, mm. you're, you're being able to put those things together, whereas this one is like, yeah. and I deduced that this happened. Mm. It's like, But there was nothing yeah. in that that would mean that you've just made up a thing that fits your mm. narrative. There's no explanation yeah. for that. Yeah. 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 And I mean, the worst murder mysteries do that. Like there, there is no shortage of shit murder mysteries in the world that do that whole thing where they just oh, yeah do Connie, the whole. You said you liked thing. my play, <laughs> <laughs> but, but in terms of genre, you know, there there wow. have been you know aside from Knives Out, like the murder mister mystery genre is still around, um, and there are people you know trying to walk some different and interesting lines with it poker face being one of them um after party on apple tv being another kind of interesting take (laughs) on on that that, you know very on the genre but i love the way it plays with other genres Mm -hmm. um so you know it's like yeah there, there are clever ways to deal with the restraints of the genre um but i just think that this was like a very traditional by the numbers way, uh, which makes me not really see the point of it, yeah. which is, I know, me when I don't really like the genre in the first place. How dare you? Um, should we do a rating then and then go to a clip and come back and talk about it in spoilery time? Because, like, let's be honest, if you wanted to go and see this, you would have seen this in the cinema already, or you can just watch it on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, you can go and watch it now. And, 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 uh, don't watch it now. You're going to watch us. TV. Put your TV on yeah. a funny angle, <laughs> yeah, and so then that- it'll at least be straight half the time. <laughs> Um, I will start. Uh, I while I have actually enjoyed uh, Kenneth Branigan's um, his his attempts to do uh, like breathe life into Poirot, um, I thought he had a little bit more fun with the other ones, and this yeah. one felt like he really didn't know where he was kind of where where he was sitting at. Like it's hard to have the the depth of a character, especially one that looks the same in all of the films. Like he's supposed to be retired now and getting towards the end of his career and getting away from stuff. And it's like, well, why aren't you showing all of the interesting cases or stuff? But he just looks the same. Um, So you don't really know. And it doesn't look like he's at retirement age and he still does weird things like always trying to get the egg. And that's kind of fun. But in this one, it was just, 
he had too much to do and not enough substance to chew on it. So even though he tried, he tried real hard. Um, I'm going to give it a 55 because mm. it was probably the worst one that I've seen of these death on or you know new ones, even with actual Cannibal Army Hammer. Uh, <laughs> You know that one coming out, but yeah, I, I I was a bit bored by this one. It just had you know good cast, nice people in it. I quite enjoyed it. I got excited about Venice, and then realized it was all shot inside, and I was like, oh, well, this is a bit dull. Better be better be creepy, and it wasn't really. It's not creepy. <laughs> it's not scary at all. Someone says, no. should I show this to yeah. a twelve-year-old? I'd be like, sure. That'll be fine. Yeah, I'm gonna go around there too. I'm gonna say fifty because I'm really on the fence about it. It's just like there wasn't really anything groundbreaking about it and it wasn't and didn't enjoy it. I mean it was mm -hmm. a struggle to get through. Uh and again at the ending I lost interest. Yeah. It was just like, okay, you're obviously trying to do horror within the murder mystery, but none of this is remotely frightening. Uh, Sorry, one and, of the things I, I just wanted to say, I just re hmm. realised that this whole thing was built around a, an idea of Halloween, except they yeah. definitely have Carnivale in Venice, which would have made way more fucking sense. Yeah. <laughs> it was weird. It was Sorry. like they were trying yeah. to cash in on it coming out at Halloween, but yep. they would have had to have planned this months in advance. But anyway, um, Sorry, yeah, Poirot didn't even feel like the lead character in his film. He was just kind of another background character. There was nobody really leading the charge except for maybe Tina Fey, but then except when they turned the tables on her and started accusing her of being the murderer at one point. And it's like, oh, is, is anybody just going to, like, step up and take charge of, like, leading this film? Because everybody's just kind of playing too evenly. Yeah, it was a strange one. Uh, Pete, you're recusing yourself, are you? I'm recusing myself. Honestly, it's it's a genre that I don't like, and I didn't even watch the film properly, so I I don't think it's fair to to give it a number. Um, Just so... read it, you coward! <laughs> oh, who said that? Oh my god, it must be from the chat. <laughs> wow, the chat spoke now. Oh no! Yeah, that was scary. Oh, no. it, was, it was scarier than anything in this film. <laughs> <laughs> I really I care about the integrity of our ratings, guys. <laughs> You're probably the only uh, one. Uh, I was our fickle and arbitrary oh, system man, is wow. safe with me. Okay. Uh, okay. I yeah, look I was uninterested. Mm. I I wanted to like them because I do enjoy the occasional good murdery mystery and stuff like that. And I like a good spooky story. And the first 10 minutes of it, I thought, oh yeah, we're doing a bit of cool shadow puppet stuff and maybe we're going to get some cool you know real creepy stuff in in the the catacombs of of venice that i don't think has catacombs um it's all underwater, be underwater. <laughs> you know but but that'd be cool hang on no it does because indiana jones went down into one um that was a sewer <laughs> whatever <laughs> shut up it's full of shit anyway um but there was none of that and it was boring and as you say, Poirot was kind of boring and not even his northern moustache or his southern or eastern moustaches could save this film. Um, for me, what it is... to the puppeteer guy that was telling that story? Oh, he's dead now. He was, I don't know was who clearly... that was because I really just had this weird feeling that it was like Sam Rockwell or somebody 
just in a mask doing this story and I'm like oh he's gonna pop up later and stir up mischief and no, no. um yeah 58 for me um I, and I don't even really know why I'm giving it the eight other than <laughs> I feel like it was pretty occasionally like there were some some nice shots here and there but but also it was it was messy and ham-fisted and dumb Okay, let's go and look cool. at a clip of this and we'll come back and, and talk about it in spoilers. Because yeah. spoilers, why not? I must tell you, madame, I have been all my life uncharmed by your kind. My kind? Opportunists who prey on the vulnerable, no? You don't believe in the soul's endurance after death. I have lost my faith. How sad of you. Yes, it is most sad. The truth is sad. Please understand, madame, I would welcome with open arms any honest sign of devil or demon or ghost. For if there is a ghost, there is a soul. If there is a soul, there is a God who made it. And if we have God, we have everything, meaning, order, justice. But I have seen too much of the world, countless crimes, two wars, the bitter evil of human indifference. And I conclude, no, no God, no ghosts. With respect, no mediums who can speak to them. You were saying? Yes, we do say, don't we? That's right. <laughs> you were saying, Michelle Yeo, just being great up until... Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Got to get the... Spoiler logo. Spoiler logo up. It's going, oh, it's come off of Quinny today. Okay, great. Uh, <laughs> all right, yes. Uh, we're going spoiler logo. It's now up until Michelle Yeoh got absolutely uh, ham-fisted. Whoa! <laughs> hey, or, or angel-fisted? What was that? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it's a, it it like, like a Madonna or a Mary or something? Yeah, I she love She is it. now the fallen Madonna with yeah. the pierced boobies. I, I really like that one because it did a pretty good tumble and then, you know, it kept going and it was like, oh, wow, she got impaled on the statue. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I was like. <laughs> that, was a, that was a good death. I appreciated that yeah. death. Yeah. And then it made me start wondering about the science behind it. And I'm like, could that hand actually pierce someone's body? Like, would it not break with the force of the impact? When you're wondering about or... the science behind the <laughs> impaling, the movie's lost you. Maybe it's made out of bronze and it therefore has more tensile strength yeah, than blaster. I mean, to be yeah. fair, it wouldn't be the first time I've wondered about the science of an impaling in a film. Well, yes. Sure. But I mean, that one I could literally understand. Whereas the rest of them, I'm like, oh no, she fell into the canal and drowned. Did she drown? My, like, I mean. My, my favorite one was uh, in The Quick and the Dead, um, where a character is uh, shot in a uh, duel. Uh, and um, you can see this on his shadow. Um, the perfect round bullet hole is like the sunlight yes. shining through. Yes. <laughs> I don't think that's how bullet holes work. But... I mean, that's how it works in Dragon Ball Z when you go fist through someone's guts and then there's the big circle. Yeah, totally. <laughs> that's that's just I, do have a, I do have a question with this one. Um, <laughs> and do that you? is like it, it's, I mean, obviously a, a lot of the um, cinematic techniques that are being used here are, are clearly intended to hark back to um, vintage horror 
films yeah. uh, mm-hmm. and noirish style things, um, very much like what Werewolf by Night did. Mm, Why yeah. did it not annoy us in Werewolf by Night, but it did annoy us here? Because I think Werewolf by Night was its uh, it, its genre on its sleeve. Um, it says we are doing uh, uh, horror, Hammy, the, uh, hammer, hammer horror. horror. Yeah, exactly. Yes. We're doing hammer horror, and we're going to play to the cheap seats. And yeah. we're not pretending to be highbrow, and no. we're not pretending to be art. We're being a scary, fun, spooky uh, werewolf flick with some monsters and some some dumb hunters and stuff like that. Whereas this yeah. is saying, to put it simply, the tone. I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Jill, for the intention, for the tone, and down, the intention. Yeah. Cutting down all of my babbling bullshit into one <laughs> word. It's the vibe. Yeah. Yeah, the vibes were off. <laughs> the vibes were off. <laughs> and it's funny, my phone tried to update last night. Nah. <laughs> Sorry, bro, I couldn't do it. Vibe was wrong. Vibes were wrong. <laughs> Vibe was wrong. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I think that's probably it. Like, that, what it's the intent. It's the intent of what the film sets out to be. And I think this sets out to be a classy, horror-inflected mm-hmm. murder mystery. But in using all of those that that cheap shitty filmic language, it turns itself into not that at all. Yeah. Um, I I felt that there were some characters who got royally fucking shafted out of a decent storyline. Yeah, there's um, Jamie Dornan's character. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of good acting actors in there, but they just got nothing. There was so much more to his character that just was not explored and completely written off as just being PTSD. Uh, yeah. Especially the relationship with him and his son. Because I was like, okay, tell me more about this. Like, where's the mother? Why is it a father-son relationship? What's going on here? Tell me the complexities. Mm. I, I'm digging this. I love the the caring nature between these two characters. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, you don't get any of that. Um, and there was a lot of the housekeeper, which I didn't enjoy. There was uh, too much yeah. of the housekeeper. I was like, because so I was like, okay, well, where's the ex fiance that is supposedly, you know, in question? Yeah. Mm. Uh, and there was like very little kind of exposition, as Peter loves, around like where he came from and what he was up to. Like they kind of just said, oh, yeah, he's a gold digger. I'm like, Oh, all right. Well, we really didn't get any kind of characteristics from that guy that he was that kind of person. Yeah. No. And look, no. I, look, I got to tip my hat to Kelly Riley uh, in this because I was watching and going, "Oh, it's that American from um, uh, Yellowstone." And then I was like, "Wait, no, she's English. Shit, <laughs> <laughs> she's doing a better job in Yellowstone, convincing me she's American than she is playing her native language." Oh dear. Oh dear. Mm. But also, like when you get to the final reveal stuff, mm. I felt like a, I didn't feel like that was earned even. Like, know. you know, it's like, oh, okay, right, yeah. So this person has been doing this, and like, yeah, I don't know. It felt anticlimactic at every single turn. At least I learned something. Yeah, like do not plant those flowers next to the honey, or you're gonna have a bad time. 
like bees things, yeah. like if you're going to make bees. But then it's also me like, I might keep that and be like, don't eat that honey. And you're like, why? It's like, just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then you get other characters that are sort of introduced but they're, they're barely even a red herring they're a red pilchard you know, <laughs> um ricardo scamasio who's vitale pogrofloglio the bodyguard po- guy portfoglio yeah yeah bodyguard guy who's throughout the entire film is is sort of thrown up as a yeah, barely a red herring. He's like, oh, is this guy a possibility? No. But okay, like why it. did you mention it then? He, he was cool. Mm. I like that guy. I want to see him be yeah, more hardcore. Like but guy. the rest of it was just like, oh, he's totally underutilized. Yep. Mm. Oh, well. Mm. Yeah, there's and, a lot of this film. There was a whole bunch of characters being totally underutilized. And Tina, um, Tina Fey not like really believable as a kind of backstabbing, conniving American. Because she's yeah. just a comedy. She's she's felt more comedy. It's like I'm branching out. It's like really, yeah. And and the the lightness of some of her jokes, um, throughout it, I I think added to that feeling of is this a parody? <laughs> um, hmm. if you're not taking it seriously, why should we? Uh, yeah, and and the the point where Jamie Dornan um eventually does buy the farm, like. You're kind of hoping for a, a a good death there, but that's kind that was of such a whimper. And it honestly yeah. was so disappointing too to kill that character. I'm like, yeah, because when you find out who the murderer is, you're like, you fucking bitch! Why would you do that? Yeah, like yep. what was the point? Yeah, just wanted to. Jill, don't you know that bitches be cray? Oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's always the mother. Mm. Mm. And that's the funny thing, isn't it? Like, this is essentially an entire story that is, well, bitches be cray. You know? <laughs> it wasn't even like she accidentally killed her daughter and then tried to cover it up or anything. It was just like, this happened. Well, <laughs> though, though, though technically Olga accidentally killed her daughter and... and See, I wasn't even listening at the end. <laughs> <laughs> how much I did not care. You, you yeah. didn't get like the final like deduction of what actually happened. No, I was playing a phone game. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. They got to the deduction. And I was like, oh, yeah, it was the mother. She fed the poison honey or something. And then I'm like, meh. <laughs> but the good news is Jill's now level 29 in Bubble Bubble Legends. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't Look, know. I, I, I don't think that no one will like this film. Um, oh, no. Well, my no, I think people it. will probably <laughs> yeah. like it. I, I actually think this film will, will you know, find its mark with its intended audience. I just don't sure. know that we're its intended audience. No. Oh, it's no. it's mm. definitely the tea and shortbread biscuit on a Sunday afternoon kind of, oh, that's thrilling, just thrilling enough, not too much to get my heart rate up, though. <laughs> You know, well, it's fine. Yeah, I, but also it hasn't rated particularly well on the grand scale either. It's sitting at a 6.6 on IMDb, and I haven't had a look at the tomato meter. Not that the, any of these things really fucking matter a toss anyway. No, th- those ratings don't matter, but ours do. Nothing <laughs> means anything except for our arbitrary and people system. Yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, like, I think it probably, you're right, it'll, it'll play to a particular crowd and... There's probably a that crowd who will go. Oh, it was so edgy. 
<laughs> and to them I say, oh, let me show you some edgy films, Gran. I've got, some, uh, got one called Itchy the Killer that you're going to be fucking no, learning some no, shit from. No, no, Do you no. want to see some impaling? I've got Final Destination for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, never drive next to a semi the same way again ever. <laughs> That's a, yeah, that's the sort of thing you want. Well, I mean, look, I mean, do 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 you feel haunted by Venice? I don't really feel haunted by Venice. <laughs> what I, are we watching instead then? What like, should, yeah, what should we? You know, in in, oh. in terms of um, if, can you guys bring me into the murder mystery fold? Have you got like favorites that I should be watching instead of forcing myself to watch a favorite murder mystery? I mean, nothing that's entirely groundbreaking. I mean, I I just love the the formula of um the murderer of the week from stuff like <laughs> it's summer murders and diagnosis murder and those old you know silly ones from like the 90s but i mean even these days like a um a police procedural is really just a murder mystery yes that's why i hate them too yeah <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, I I really think that Ryan Johnson is doing a good job of turning yeah. the genre into something a little bit more sure. entertaining and uh, thought provoking. I look. Mm. I mean, in terms of murder mysteries, and this might be a bit old. You might have already seen them, so Pete, you might have already gone. But I'd go the uh, Park Chan Wook's uh, Vengeance trilogy. Oh, yes, it's great. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you haven't seen it before and you don't know anything about it, and I'll. Yeah, so you got sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, yep. sympathy for Lady Vengeance, and old memories boy. of murder, is it? No, old boy. Old boy. Is that yep. part of the trilogy? Yeah. Ah. Um, it's it's sympathy for Mr. Vengeance and then old boy and then sympathy for Lady Vengeance is kind of a loose narrative grouping together of them. But those ones are a great whodunit if you don't know that beforehand. Yeah. Um, um, recently we saw See How They Run. With uh, mm-hmm. Sam Rockwell and Sasha Ronan, that was kind that was of was kind done. of fun. Mm-hmm. That was that was good fun. I enjoyed that. Yeah. I like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah, yeah. That's that's um, bad. I like that's getting into noir. I like noir. Yeah, but like noirs, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I there are crossovers for sure. I watched one recently that I was well recently last year that I was surprised by because it came out of fucking nowhere and nobody talked about it. Um, it's, it's called Confess Fletch. So the Fletch oh, movies, yeah, 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 they were Chevy Chase vehicles back in the eighties. Yeah, um, and then there was one that came out called Fletch One, um, and I can't remember who was in that. No, I'm just looking it up. But the Confess um, Fletch was John Hamm, isn't it? Yeah, and so yeah, Confess Fletch came out of nothing, like nobody had really sort of heard about it being released, and then yeah, John Hamm shows up as this this sort of detective, private detective character Fletch. And it's like, huh, that's it's actually bad actually. Weirdly fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like w- kinda worth a look. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I'm just trying to find it. <laughs> so, I love the sorry, I just love the dark attitude of the chat that has just gone off on a tangent in there, which is great because it's like, yes, I want to find that small town where people keep dying because house prices must be good. Lots of deceased estate <laughs> sales. So you'd be able to afford something there. I'm like, yes, yes, I like that. I'll move to I'll it's move so to New funny England. Because like half the time in midsummer it's the old biddies that are knocking people off too. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I mean, you know, after suffering through patriarchy for all the 80s and the 70s and the 60s, I'd be poisoning people too. This is how they get their own too. back. Yeah. Poisonous. Yeah. I reckon you should go on a on a, a, a murder mystery trip through the, the ages and go back and check out a little bit of Murder, She Wrote. Um, and see Peter's where the Jessica... wonderful murder mystery tour. Yeah. <laughs> it's the murdery mystery tour is coming to take you to. Yeah, they came up with the, they came up with that in the chat earlier. Murder busters, like when's that TV show happening? Which is like, I saw this murder in a film or a television show, and I don't think that that would actually kill someone. <laughs> and I we're going to reach the shit out of that, and we're going to recreate that now. <laughs> well, a bit like MythBusters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, murder busters. I like, I like that. that. There you go. Fuck, I would watch the shit out of that. Yeah. It would answer the question on whether the stone arm would actually impale someone or break. But you would, but you would also like actually find out just how delicate human beings are. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it would just be like you wouldn't even need to do that. <laughs> like, yeah, you know. yeah. No, you'd be basically if you get caught in the kidney by a pointy piece of rock, it'll yep. pierce your kidney, and whether you die straight away or not, you're fucked. Oh, anyway. actually, that'd be the one. Is like, would that? You remember the the bit from? Um, uh, a hot fuzz where he gets the spire oh. of that model through his oh. lip. It's like, would that have killed him or not? <laughs> it would have been like, ow. Yeah, like you guys are just like devising like a, a murder instructional show at the moment. And I'm not sure how I feel about it. <laughs> I feel like you need to get on board with this, Peter, because you are the industry. Yes. <laughs> relying on you and your contacts to make murder busters happen. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, if you're I'm... not pitching this within the next year, you're not our real friend. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, watch this yeah. space. We are diversifying. Yes. Yes. There you go. So, so on, can I have a little bit yeah. of a clip there, which is like within Murder Busters, it's just murder he wrote where I rewrite at like injuries or murders to actually be effective. You know, I just go back in there and be like, actually, if you use this, it would kill them. <laughs> I think this is wow. I feel like we've, we've, we've you, you were here tonight, everybody in the chat. Sure. And yeah. everybody Don't listening to the it. podcast. Don't steal <laughs> our idea. Yeah. Copyright. Copyright. Yeah. yeah. If somebody comes send... out in the next six months, we're going to know it was somebody you who listening. stole our idea. And Peter knows. <laughs> we're she knows this is how that works. <laughs> Elsa Norga, I know that you are writing this shit down right now and sending it off to Netflix as we speak. We, we, if we say it out loud, it can't happen. Adki, I'm watching you. This is copyright. Copyright. Yeah. Also, um, Facebook doesn't gonna... have the rights to any of my photos, no matter. <laughs> I'm reposting this. So... <laughs> uh, speaking of reposting, what are we doing this month? Because I just noticed that the schedule uh, that I didn't do hasn't hey. gone out. That's why it didn't go. Um, out. Quinny did one. I, think. The, I did one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we and it will go out probably manana. Manana. Because um, uh, no one knew that we were doing murder in Venice this week. I oh, know we were. We no. did. Yeah, yeah. I no, I, I as per oh, usual, I got a I got a message from Adski uh, middle yeah. of the day yesterday on Twitter, just going, "What are we reviewing this week?" <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah, like, sure. I. He was I in the chat saying, "Hey guys, let's try and work out the schedule. Here's some dates. Here's some suggestions. Anyone yeah, want to fill in the rest?" It's true. Chirp, chirp, chirp. No, 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 it's Jill fun that we've there. like created this format that's She's literally half spoilers, and then don't tell people what they need to watch before yeah, yeah. they come and chat with us about it. Yeah. Ooh, spoilers! Like, literally, yeah. the schedule could have been out before the weekend, but it didn't happen. 
Hey, I, I, I was in hospital. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. That's my excuse yes. and I'm sticking Sorry, by uh, it. Uh, uh, and I don't have one. <laughs> I I just don't have one. I actually think right. I think I just so had tell, white noise. Okay, over the coming weekend. up next tell week. Tell our fans what we're gonna do this week. Next week. Uh Tuesday the fourteenth, we are mm-hmm. looking at the next big release of the Marvel calendar that we're big, trying to get excited big, for. Big, big, okay, big, the next big. release. Big, big release big. of Zimavers. Wait, Kunia, let it's me get a French pen. version. We are doing the Marvels. Marvels. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's that's Getting one. that one down. All right. Yep. Yep. Um, which I do have some opinions about, which we will talk about next week, just for the ads alone. Uh Tuesday the 21st, we are looking at The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, which is a very long title to try and fit on anything. Yeah, just what I wanted um, to see, a fucking prequel to a s- series of movies that I was less enthused about. Uh, sorry, am I saying the quiet part out loud? <laughs> oh, Dion. <laughs> now you Dion, and- if I have to watch things that I don't want to watch, then you have to watch things that you don't want to watch. There better be Dutch tilts. Hard target on Golden Pond, Dion. Hard target on Golden Pond. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord giveth uh, and the Lord taketh away, my friend. Still still a very excellent double feature in case you were looking for just just a bit of juxtaposition in your viewing schedule. <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah. Yep. And then at the end of the month on the 28th of November, we are looking at Monarch Legacy of Monsters. There should be about three episodes out of that. It's the new series that is uh, set in the monarch monster universe that incorporates Kong and Godzilla and Kong Skull Island and okay. um, a whole bunch of other... What's, what's the Godzilla one that was all of the monsters in it? Was it King of the Monsters? Yes. Um, where it was King uh, Godzilla versus, like, Ghidorah and fucking Rodan and all of them. And that then the most we- recent one? I thought the most recent one was Godzilla versus Kong. Mm, no, oh, I don't fucking know. Anyway, it's yeah. big fucking monsters beating the shit out of each other, and I'm there for it. Yeah. On TV, though. Um, I want to see this new Godzilla one that's coming out next month. Oh, yeah. So that's Godzilla minus one, um, mm. which is the first Godzilla film to come out of Japan since, I want to say 2016. Shin Godzilla or something like that, but yeah, I don't know. It looks fucking cool. Very yeah. excited for that. Um, and somewhere in the future, we've got another Godzilla film too. Go figure. Yeah. Um, also, if you if you want to do your homework on that, there's apparently an animated series of Skull Island on Netflix as well that is okay. tied into the Monarch universe. Isn't so, there another Godzilla anime at the moment? Uh, there's an anime, yes. There's a couple of animes that I don't think mm. are tied in at all. They're more through Toei. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I do find it weird. It's like there's there's the Western Godzilla mm. and then there's everything that Toei owns and, <laughs> and never the twain shall meet. Oh, we're doing this um, as a ramp up towards Godzilla X Kong, the new empire, right? Oh, is that the have, next film? Make, we should just make December Godzilla month. Um, because I don't want to talk about Christmas movies. <laughs> it's due. It's, it's due out in April next year, which is not Ooh. that far away because we're almost at New Year's. <laughs> Shut up! Yeah, I know, Why would right? You say that. Yeah. Just remember, it was you know 
only five years ago was 2019. Oh, <laughs> so, God. No, that goes, really what? hurts. That <laughs> really hurts. My, my kidney is actually hurting right now. Mm. Yeah, 2000 like, like I've been stabbed. 2004 is almost 20 years ago. Don't. Jesus Christ, <laughs> man. Just don't. Is anyone going to kick Dion off this call? Yeah, I think I can boot him. I can boot him. Yeah, that's that's going to be a real interesting thing as the stream goes dead. <laughs> It'll be worth it, Dion. It'll be worth it for that. Yes. yes everyone, oh, even in the chat. Shut up, Dion. <laughs> Shutting up, sir. You're Shut making up, us all feel old. Yes. Yeah. Do, yes. So do you know Magnum PI? <laughs> <laughs> Funnily enough, it's this uh, little TV series before your time. Yeah, yeah, I used to watch it just after watching Aloha Low on a Friday night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That reminds me, there was a show called Buffy the Vampire Slayer, probably before your time. But uh... <laughs> oh, I wish I was that young. Oh my god! Fuck. Right. Anyway, let's go. Thank you for joining <laughs> us. You've all been lovely. Um, thank you for for enjoying our mm. idiot talk of of a, a film. <laughs> That none of us really gave a shit about. Don't say that, Quinny. It's a lovely talk that we had. And you've all learned something, which is you may or may not like a haunting in Venice, which I did we not. We have to review a stinker every now and again. Yeah, a stinker. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to the Marvels. That won't stink. And neither will the Hunger Games prequel. And neither will the Monarch TV show. I really want the Marvels to be good, you guys. Yeah. Well, at least we're not doing Loki. <laughs> Because oh. no one's watching Loki. Oh, I think a lot of people are watching it, and a lot of people are fucking disappointed by it. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Thanks, okay, everyone. guys, we're gonna go and raid Barjo yeah, because raid he's Barjo. playing Lords of the Fallen. Sure. Um, Why not? Um, yeah. See you all next week. Thanks, everybody. Good night. Thanks for listening to the Periodic Table of Awesome podcast. If you have questions, please email info at theperiodictableofawesome.com. Find us on our website, www.theperiodictableofawesome.com, where there's links to our iTunes, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. Until next time, stay awesome.